Our first lesson will serve as the basis for our sermon this morning. It comes from Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Good morning, how are you guys? Good to see you today. You guys going home for ascension parties today? We are celebrating this festival called Ascension, and it's really just as big of a deal as Christmas, but we don't usually make as big of a deal out of it as Christmas. Every year, we spend a whole month getting ready for Christmas, right? We call it Advent, and then we have parties for Christmas. We have gifts and presents for Christmas. Why? Because we're celebrating when God came into the world to save us, right? That's the beginning of Jesus's saving work. Well, today's the end of it. He came down to this earth for Christmas, right? He lived a perfect life. He suffered our hell. He died our death. He rose from the dead Easter Sunday. And then 40 days later, he went back to heaven. Christmas is Jesus coming into the world to save us. Ascension is Jesus leaving the world because he finished saving us. It should be just as big of a deal as Christmas, I guess, but we don't often make it that big of a deal. Ascension is an awesome time of the year because it helps us as a church better understand why we're here. What's the purpose of having a church? Today we're going to hear that Jesus says we are his witnesses. When he went back to heaven, he did not leave us alone. He sat down at the right hand of God, and that's not a place far, far away That's everywhere. You know that God is everywhere, right? We call that omnipresent, that God is present all places, all the time. When we say that Jesus ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, what we mean is he now also fills all things. He's right here with us right now. He promised in our gospel acclamation, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And Jesus is. With us, 
he sends us out to be his witnesses, to tell others what we have seen and heard about him, that he came to this world, that he lived a perfect life for us, that he suffered our hell and died our death and rose from the dead so that we could be forgiven and spend eternity with him. We are here, and Jesus is with us, and now he sends us out into the world to be his witnesses. We'll talk more about that in our sermon today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, you have sat down at the right hand of the Father. You have completed your work of of saving us, but you are not finished working. You continue to work through your powerful word as, as it is preached. Help us to trust your saving power. Help us to trust the powerful word that you have entrusted to us. Help us to to use it for ourselves and to share it with others, that people in our lives might have the same comfort, the same peace that we have. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, King of glory, on this day you ascended far above the heavens, and at God's right hand you rule the nations. Leave us not alone, we pray, but grant us the spirit of truth, that at your command and by your power, we may be your witnesses in all the world. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This definitely feels different than Christmas, doesn't it? We had a good number of people here Thursday night, as you might expect, on the Thursday of Memorial Day weekend. But even that didn't quite feel like Christmas. We have this cultural norm to to build up to Christmas. We have Advent every year. We we prepare ourselves for that whole month. We we celebrate, sometimes like there is no other time during the year, right? We have these big celebrations around the time of Christmas. But you don't see that too often around Ascension. I, I did hear about one church in our fellowship that does a pig roast every year for Ascension to try to make a big deal about it. Maybe we could file that away for next year. But this is a big day. This is a big time of year. This is a big celebration. Every bit as important as Christmas. The the Son of God who came into the world has now left the world. But he has not left us alone. He sat down at the right hand of God. Miracle of miracles. The Christ The God-man, yes, even his human nature, now fills all things as he sat down at the right hand of God. He is with us now, and he has sent his Holy Spirit to his church. He has sent power to his disciples as he sends us out as his witnesses. Now, our readings were not in chronological order today. You probably knew that already. The gospel lesson actually comes first. Jesus, uh, he he is talking to his disciples before he ascends, right at the very end of Luke's gospel. And he reminds them of all the things that they had heard and seen while he was with them. But you'll notice, he's not just reminding them of what they witnessed with their eyes. He's reminding them that what they witnessed with their eyes and heard with their ears is actually a fulfillment. He's reminding them, you didn't just see me do miracles, which prove that I am God and can forgive sins. 
You didn't just hear me teach the word of God. You witnessed me fulfilling thousands of years of prophecy. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And so as he reminds them of everything they witnessed while they were with him, everything they heard, he's telling them more than what they saw. They saw the scriptures fulfilled. That's what they saw. They heard the word of God fulfilled. That's what they heard. And it's with this powerful reminder, it's with this promise of power from on high, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk more about that next week with Pentecost, that Jesus sends them out as witnesses into the world. And I imagine that was incredibly comforting for them. Because these disciples were about to go on a wild ride. They were going to travel the world. Many of them would see places they had never seen before. They were going to understand what it meant to be an outsider, to be a minority, perhaps the only one. They were going to walk into foreign cities where people were nothing like them, didn't believe what they believed, probably didn't look like they looked. And they were going to open their mouths and witness to Christ. They were going to tell people what they had seen and what they had heard. And oftentimes they would be treated harshly. They would be beaten. Some of them would would die young. The whole time, how comforting it must have been. We saw these things with our eyes. We heard these things with our ears. We know what we are proclaiming is true. Jesus did not leave his disciples alone as he sent them out as his witnesses. He sent them power from on high. He sent them the Holy Spirit. And that power impacted them. It turned the timid into bold witnesses. It turned a doubter and often a fool like the Apostle Peter into a bold proclaimer of the word of God who on Pentecost would preach to thousands at once. Jesus made it clear. The faith that his disciples had in him, what they had witnessed, the scriptures fulfilled in him, was not just for them. And so he sent them out into the world. Who witnessed to you? This has carried on and on and on throughout the generations all the way down to you and me. One witness of what Christ has done, of the fulfillment of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, has gone and told others, and those have gone and told others, all the way down to you and to me. Who told you? Who first helped you see that you are not as good as you think you are? Who first helped you understand the impact of God's Son for you? Who first explained to you what Christmas means? That the eternal God humbled himself and was born a man to save you? Who first helped you understand what it means that Jesus lived every single moment of his life without sin? That he's the only one who ever truly deserved to be led into heaven based on his own merit. Who's the one 
who helped you understand what it meant that this innocent Christ switched places with you, suffered your hell, the punishment that your sins deserve, died your death. Who's the one who who first helped you appreciate that Jesus' suffering and death means that you will not taste hell? Who's the one who first told you about the resurrection? That our Savior is not a dead Savior, but a living Savior who has defeated death once and for all. Who is it that first told you that our Savior now sits at the right hand of God, filling all things, ruling over his church, and is always with us? You got that person in mind? Maybe multiple people? Who are you witnessing to? Who has God placed into your life that you might do the same? That you might lead someone else distinctly placed into your life to know these things about our Savior and what they mean for you and for those in your life. It's quite easy for us to lose sight of what the church is. To think that Jesus ascended into heaven leaving behind an organization that Jesus ascended into heaven, leaving behind a, a well-oiled machine that corporately marches into the world to make a difference, as though the church existed to get real big and fix a nation in a death spiral. As if the, the church existed to fix earthly problems and wage earthly battles. It is not our robes that are dipped in the blood of our enemies. It's Jesus' robe. And make no mistake, as people living in a sinful world, with enemies all around, and they are real, it is not our job to slay those enemies. Jesus will do that. Jesus will slay the enemies of his church. Our job is to be his witnesses. Why are you here today? Out of all the things that you could be doing this morning, why are you here? Could you give that answer to a preschooler? Could you explain to a preschooler why church is a part of your life? Could you give them an answer that would make Jesus smile? Could you tell your grown child, perhaps a child who's wandered from the church, why you haven't? Could you explain to that person why this time in God's word is important to you? And again, could you give them an answer that would actually make Jesus smile? We are here to be in God's word to be fed, to be nourished, to praise, to proclaim. What is the point of all these words that we've been singing today? This massive song called Glory to God in the Highest. 
What is the point of these words? Well, it's that we praise the one who has saved us by proclaiming who he is and what he has done. We are here to witness to Christ. Even when we come here, we are his witnesses. My job is to tell you what Christ has done for you, who he is and what he has done. And your job is to respond with praise, with proclamation. Yes, this is who our God is. This is what he has done. You are not pastors. I'm not saying you should be. You don't have the call that I have at this point in time. But you are witnesses. You are witnesses. You are witnesses of the fulfillment of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. You are witnesses of all God's Son came to do for you. And you are witnesses of what he has done for others in this world as you have heard his powerful word proclaimed. You are witnesses of the fact that God has not left you alone to do this work. He has sent his Holy Spirit into your heart, which has brought you from death to life, from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. God has done this in you, no one else. And you and I, we are called to be witnesses of this in the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like for power to march victorious to the ends of the earth. It's not one man proclaiming week after week. That is a part of it. But God did not send pastors into his church so they could be the only ones to speak. He sent his disciples into the world that they might be his witnesses, all of them. And that will look different for you than it will for the person sitting next to you. And it will look different for me than it does for you. But make no mistake about it. You, brothers and sisters, are witnesses of Jesus too. And so today I preach to you a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repent. Repent for the times that you have failed to be Christ's witnesses. Repent of the times that God has placed people in your lives who need to hear of Christ come for them, lived for them, died for them, and risen for them. And you have instead remained silent. Repent for the forgiveness of your sins and be forgiven. Turn to the Jesus who came for you, who lived a perfect life for you who suffered your hell and and died your death. Turn to the Jesus who defeated death and now sits at the right hand of the Father who fills all things. Turn to the Jesus who sent his Holy Spirit into your hearts, who does not leave you alone but has sent you power to be his witnesses. Power. Power from heaven marches victorious to the ends of the earth and will continue to until the end of time.
Amen.